Hello, everyone. Welcome in to another special edition of the Production Line podcast, where we are joined again by my esteemed now colleague, Carson Gates. Carson, how are you? I'm doing really well. It's it's nice to see you guys. But I mean, as of recording, the Sabres are getting their asses handed to them by a new NHL team. So that's true. The Red, Wing, the Red Wings played the Kraken uh, Wednesday. Back to back, though. So that's tough. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We're well, making them feel a lot better. I was about to say, hopefully the Kraken play back to back, but they're actually playing right now. So that wouldn't they wouldn't be doing three days, three nights. Be a little That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> That'd be some COVID rules right there. Yeah. Too bad. Plenty to get into today. Um, We have the St. Louis game that feels like ages ago. Um, Carson and I have some personal news that we could we could share. Um, We have the Buffalo game. We have some fun call up news that like the Red Wings are having right now. Carson, you'll like one of them. Don't look it up, but like I want I want to quiz you. Okay, I am who the player is. You will know who he is. It literally just happened. I think like 30 minutes ago. I was going to say less than an hour ago. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, but like, if Carson should know. I'm not going to be happy. Well, it's not Thomas McCollum, but it's, it should be, it will bring you just as much joy. So excited. (laughs) And we'll touch on some NHL news at the end. Uh, Probably perking our friend (laughs) Fugue's ears a little (laughs) too much with uh, stuff towards the end, but uh, we'll touch quick on. So for the St. Louis game, we got news that like it feels ancient ago, but like we got finally got the news about Troy Stetcher and Mitchell Stevens being out through Olympic break, which is it feels so long, but it really isn't that long, I guess. It's yeah, it's one of those things. It's like when you, when you got the, when we got the news, we're like, holy shit, that's a while. But you have what seven weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Well, even if in out at this point, it's even questionable if they even go. Yeah, exactly. Wh- so. re- whether it be COVID or political. Right. Which, I mean, we can touch on more after. We can talk, we can talk about those jerseys. Remind me to talk about those jerseys. Oh, I'll have some thoughts. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have some thoughts. But um, Dan Renuff, he was called up. He actually played. He played against St. Louis, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, he, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, he slotted in. I don't remember who he slotted in for. Well, it was DK. He slotted in for DK because DK got put on um, COVID protocol. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. still on there to this day. Um, and Dan Renuff was, wow, shockingly better. <laughs> not, it's not really shocking <laughs> to me, but yeah. I thought it, I've always liked Dan Renuff. I don't know why. He played a shit ton of games for Colorado last year because of like, their COVID issues last year. Like, he played like 10 right. games. Yeah, which. In a way, was it fifty-four game season? Yeah, which good chart, pretty good solid. Chart. Yeah, he was like chart. their eleventh defenseman. And he ended up getting called up and played a bunch of games. Yeah, um, depth, organizational depth there. But he, yeah, so he signed initially with Detroit in like 2016, 2017 as like a, a college free agent on Maine. Yeah, and he only played. Ended up playing one game with the Red Wings that year. It was most of the time in the AHL. Then he played another year in the AHL, but then he ended up bouncing around. He was in Carolina's organization for a while, then oh, went to Colorado, up. and then the Red Wings brought him back this year, which I like. You know, he's he's a solid like I think in our depth chart, he's probably like our ninth or tenth defenseman. But again, he's a good AHL defenseman. He's great. I mean, he's also making like three hundred fifty k. Come on, it's not bad. Good for him. 
Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um, this game. That's a really good paycheck. <laughs> I like uh, this is like bringing me back here, but uh, <laughs> did you see the lines when they were tweeted out before this game? No, because I I had gone across to Canada, but I saw I checked the Twitter feed. I think you sent into the chat. <laughs> so it was initially announced like whatever, like it was going to be, um, the same as usual. Well, until the Saturday game, and we'll get into some lineup decisions there. But um, um, same as usual, and then all of a sudden during warmups, they put up a different chart. And it had so it flipped everything. It was Vlad on the top line instead of Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi right. down. So the Guelph line was back with Suter and Fabry. Carson, for your context, they played together in junior. Uh, and well, they, 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 all of those players, I think, I think Bertuzzi had like an eight point game one night where they were all on the line. Pew Suter had like four goals. Fabry had like seven points. It was crazy. Wow. If, if you like look it up, they beat like London. I think it was like nine to four. That's not a good night for <laughs> it was London. Not a good night for London. Um, but they were like it said in the warm-ups they're gonna play together. The third line was Zadina, Valeno, and um Gagne. And then the fourth was Rasmussen, Ernie, and Smith, I think. And then the Jeff Lashell just said nah. And then just went to the same line. So I don't know. The Red Wings even tweeted it out. So that's why I thought that was weird. Yeah. A lot of confusion. Really, yeah, I was actually kind of down for it though for a second. The, yeah, it would be nice to see. I mean, Vlad, honestly, I would like to see him play on that first line. Well, he's, he's I, I thought that. I, I thought that, and then Bertuzzi literally makes the nicest pass of the season to Raymond for the breakaway goal, and then I immediately changed my mind. Correct. And now I'm on the full full board train of never split that lineup. Never, ever again. What are you doing? Taking a drink. <laughs> Your camera's going everywhere. Yeah, sorry. Um, also, this is the first time of the season where we had a back-to-back start for a goalie. And yeah. <laughs> Nadalkovic would go on to start the next game in Buffalo as well. So Grant's whole thing about four games and four out of five games for Nadalkovic, when I said last podcast, he's I was right, he was wrong. Because he's probably yeah. gonna start in, he's probably gonna start in Boston. I'd assume so. Yeah, so Cold take Grant, hot take Garth. That's tomorrow night, right, Boston? Yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah. I was gonna go. I actually looked at. I looked at tickets. They're like forty-two bucks for a ticket. I thought about it, but I'm just so busy right now, and I I don't have the energy to go down there. Yeah. I don't want to get bullied again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't. This time um, it'll actually be by a ten-year-old kid. <laughs> no more chant this time to ruin your night. No, no, none. Um. I was gonna say, oh, um, this is Robbie Fabry's first game against St. Louis since he's been traded. Doesn't that feel like yeah. a long time ago? Uh, I know when they said that, I was like, "There's no way," but yeah, because they didn't. Been... Yeah, they played like their second game against them, and I think it was like October. Like they played like two games in like two weeks against them, and it was like October, and he got yeah. traded to the Red Wings like November of 2019. Yeah, excuse me. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh oh! I t- I was about to tweet something about the PK being very good. They were like nineteen for nineteen, and then immediately um they gave up the power play goal to Pujnevich, which was hilarious. I like almost I I think I jinxed. I don't know if I tweeted it. I I might have. Um, I had it written down in my notes. I was literally writing it down, and they scored. So that's why oh, I think boy. it's that's why I think it's hilarious. 
But to go back to that, um, yeah, so like Blue scored first, but then it was right afterwards the the Raymond goal, which he would go on to score a very similar goal against Buffalo. But uh, the way Raymond made himself open, and he almost did like the Matthews thing where he pulls into his body to shoot there. Yeah. You know, and it really th- it threw um Vili Huso, I was the goalie. He threw him off. And like I like it's just such an elite play that not yeah. a lot of players like can pull like they, they can pull off, but like actually do. Right. It's it's becoming more and more common, especially in the younger players, to mimic what Matthew because Matthews is really the first one we've kind of seen do that at a consistent rate. That like I don't know, like, it's like a toad he's like toe dragging, pulling into his almost his feet. And then changing the angle of the shot and let, releasing it, right. And there's a few other guys that, like you said, like can do it. But if, uh, Raymond's done it a few times this year. Whether he scored on it or not, I've seen it from him. And obviously, like we're watch- we're Wings fans, we're just being mainly focusing on the Wings. But um, Raymond's a guy that he has that shot, and he can change the angle of that shot. So. And he's done yeah, it. for sure. He did it in those two, either game, right? So both games. Yeah, both games is a similar shot. Yeah. Um, I also like the the Bertuzzi had three guys on him and somehow got the pass through. Like I thought Bertuzzi was really, I thought he kind of had a whatever week last week. That was me personally. That was my opinion. But um, this week he wow. Yeah, like, we all the St. Louis that. game especially the St. Louis game especially he played awesome. Yeah, we all we all agreed on that. The three of us, you, me, and Grant, that. Last week was an off week for him and kind of lost his game for, what was it, three or four games? Yeah, it was the road trip. It was like the last three games of the road trip. Yeah. Can I just say this quick? How nice is it not to have Grant on the recording? (laughs) It's a breath of fresh air. (laughs) His negativity over there. Yeah, he's always just disagreeing with me. So now it's just my show, and I can I can I can say whatever I want. You know what? Yeah. Michael Rasmussen is an elite play driving center. <laughs> All right, let's stop there. <laughs> you cannot say this. No, there's a topic we'll get to, and I feel like he's going to disagree with me. But like, he doesn't get to get doesn't get a say in this, so we'll doesn't, get to that later. Doesn't get to dispute but it until he does it. That's right. Yeah. Um. Trying to think, like whatever. Oh yeah. Larkin stays hot in this game. Yeah. Nice little that stick lift by Zadina there. Nifty. Well, on on the, which play? I didn't watch. Well, I saw, caught the highlights. On the Larkin goal. Okay. Fabry throws it in front, and the Blues defenseman's about to pick it up. And then it's right before he's about to grab it. Zadina doesn't get an assist on the play, but he lifts the guy's stick and it goes right through right where the and it goes right to Larkin. Nice. That's um, right. Larkin is currently on a seven-game point streak. I want to say, not too shabby. No, right, yes. That's since his return, too, right? No, not since his return. He had a couple games. I think it's been since like the road trip. I think. Oh, okay, that's right. I thought. I thought. Yeah, that's right. Is the road I thought. Trip. He got, I was thinking he was out longer than he than he actually was. Right. Right. Um, I thought Nick Letty also. I thought this week he was one of our better defensemen. I thought he actually played pretty well. Um, especially yeah. like he, he made the play to start start this goal, a little spin move at the point, and then he went down to Fabry. Getting flashy with it. That's right. And uh, I tweeted out today that him and him and Cider were skating together at practice. 
Yeah. I know. I know. Heronic was sick, I guess, and that's the reason. But also, wouldn't they've just filled in a guy in cider spot? Like, wouldn't they've just kept Osterly there? But then I know Blashill said something about how how good he thought they were two were together. So I don't know why he changed the pairings that much. I don't know. Maybe just find more, try and find more depth defensively. Because really, when it was Letty and <laughs> Mo together, I mean. That's kind of all we had for that. I mean, offensively, that's what we had, but also they played together. They played well together in the defensive zone too. So I thought hand over foot, they're our best pairing we've had in a while. I agree. I agree. So, it was mostly because the fact that Cider was getting just dogged in his own end because he was carrying to Kaiser's weight. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like maybe he tried splitting them up the letty cider up because they're obviously our two stronger defense strongest defensemen we have in my right. opinion yeah and, and i really I, and the work that letty's done for heronic has done like heronic the past whatever at this point probably like 15 games or whatever he's been one of he's been back to his minute logging and he's been very good for us yeah very solid um we go to oh yeah jordan like it was basically the battle of lucas raymond jordan Cairo. like i think at this point like i wrote i wrote i wrote an article about this but for players averaging under 17 minutes a night Cairo and raymond are tied for even strength points or not points but are points in general not even strength points in general they're both tied at 20 jordan Cairo set up that uh, david Perron goal which was nifty bad goal led in by, by ned but once we get through the rest of the game, I mean, Ned's really the only reason why we won that game, if I'm being completely honest. Okay. I, so I, I, that's right. You, like I said, I only want, caught the highlights of it, so. I think yeah. Ned had 37 saves in this game. That's that's yeah. what I thought. I think he had and he had. I think he had, yeah, he robbed, oh, who was it? It was Scandella on the back door. Buffalo Sabres legend, Marco Scandella. Hard to rob Marco Scandella. It is. Well, uh, the rebound went the other way, so Nedeljkovic is commi- committed all the way to the other side, and Nedeljkovic just reached out his arm. And Again, he has the he has the Peter Morazic effect where he flops around and he ends up getting in the right position to make the highlight real save. But, man, right. is it fun. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that paddle save he had, I don't yeah. know which team it was, but... I think it was Chicago. I think it was Chicago. It was, yeah, I'm pretty sure Chicago. Yeah, that goal, yeah, that save is sick. But ever since like the first game of the year where Nadalkovich got <laughs> let in seven goals <laughs> against the Lightning, uh, I think his save percentage is ridiculous, and he's really he's shown that he should be the starting goalie, and it shouldn't be a, just a tandem anymore. No offense, Thomas Grice. Right, you guys might have won the trade. I think we might have. You know, just maybe. At least right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, the fact that it's a third round pick and the odds of that pick ever becoming an NHL player is like less than twenty percent. Regardless yeah. of what Nadalkovich does, it's still a win. Like Nadalkovich could come become a backup goalie, and if you pay a third round pick for a backup goalie, that's still a win. Right, especially if he keeps progressing to even or even if he stays at his level now, and we get you know he's like, a starting goalie in the NHL currently. Exactly he, right. So yeah, and he's still quite young. If he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The weird thing about like. I've never seen a goal like he's him and UC Saros are those small goalies that are able to do so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, he's been, 
especially he's been so, he's been so good. Um, Adam Ernie breaking a thirteen goal or thirteen game goalless drought. Bigger. The the bottom nine have has been so relevant on this team recently. It's like I I didn't even notice that Ernie was on such a slot like on such a heater like that. Yeah, <laughs> heater. I was like, <laughs> I'm like. They said in the broadcast, I'm like, no way. No, he hasn't. I, like, looked back. I'm like, no, oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. Because, like, the first eight games of the season, he had, like, five points. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Adam Murray's right. still here. And then he just ghosts the last whatever, how many games? I don't even know. It was 13 at least. 13. You're right, 13. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like he's been playing bad. And some blame should be put on Michael Rasmussen because offense just goes to die on that man's stick. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> like I hate to keep harping at this, but he's lost yeah, it, with the puck. Out, he's lost with the puck out there, so you're basically playing shorthand when he's out there. I I hate to be a, a dick and sound like that, but like, and it kind of feels like a layup. It feels like a layup at this point. It's just so right. easy, and it's just like I feel bad. It's like with DeKaiser. I need to stop like every episode. I need to, I need to stop dunking on both of them and just like try to find positive things to say, maybe. Maybe a little yeah, manifesting. It's it's pretty hard. You're right, <laughs> yeah, right. For a while. You're right. But no, no, honestly, it was all St. Louis in the third period, which shocker. That's been the that's been the name of the game for the Red Wings third period all season is we do really well in the first two periods, and then we're just like, let's play lockdown defense. And when you play against good teams, you try to play lockdown defense, like they're just gonna have a bunch of opportunities. Especially a veteran team like St. Louis. Underrated they... forward core in St. Louis. Very underrated, and I'm pretty sure. Now I can't remember where I heard this, but they've they've had a, like most of their wins this year have been in the third period. Which I did I'm not. not so, I didn't. I didn't hear that, but that, maybe it sounds not, right. Pro, I mean, maybe not this year, but maybe it's dating back to like last year as well. But mm-hmm. like a certain percentage of their wins in the last how many ever games have been like not not maybe not comeback, but they're tied or down a goal or two going into the third, and they. They come right. out on top, which which doesn't surprise me because they're just a veteran savvy team, and like you no, said, yeah. very underrated for, uh, forward core up there. Yeah, when you're rolling, I think they had Braden Shen on their third line. That's yeah. insane. Was, yeah, and he also just came was, back. From, yeah, he was coming back from injury, so that's part of it. But like, also they've had Robert Thomas, who's had a really good year this mm-hmm. year. So that's what he's been on the second line center. So like, you can just roll those two lines as equals. Right, and even like you know I mean? Kyrou's stepping out of his shell this year. And... He's been awesome. I love yeah. watching him play. He's so good. Yeah, he was. He's they been have awesome. a bunch of guys that like they're none of them are really elite. Like besides Ryan O'Reilly, I think Ryan O'Reilly's an elite player in this league. Right, but other than that, they have a bunch of they have a bunch of really good players. So like you yeah, have a yeah. guy like Buchnevich. You have a guy like Tarasenko who's back this year. Jordan Kyrou, Ro- Jordan, Th- Jordan, Th- Robert Thomas. <laughs> I can I couldn't say that. Um, yeah. Brandon Saad, who's still kicking it and still very productive. Yeah. It's just their defense. I think it was like their biggest issue this year. And I know yeah. I, ripped on, I ripped on Biddington earlier this year and like, he's actually been okay. I just don't think he's that good of a goalie, but like his defense in front of him is also not very good. Right. And he does, he does, especially at the beginning of the year, he was seeing a lot of rubber early on. Yes. He was getting early shelled. On. Yeah. And even some points during last season when they <laughs> with all the COVID stuff going on and injuries. Also, just think about that. It was Billy Huso's third start, I think. So they've been riding Bennington that hard already. 
so there are what 21 games 22 games roughly something like that it was a bit around that around 20 games yeah so anywhere from 17 to 19 games that's hard on a goalie that's hard on a goalie right away which which i i kind of i give blasho credit because that's what that's what the red wings didn't do they whatever game it was they were rotating like they for the first 20 games of the season Nelkovich Grice, Nelkovich Grice. It was you can right. set a clock to it. That's what it was going to be, which I respect. And I think looking at it, you got a chance for both those guys not to have like almost like in the the scene in Dark Knight where uh, the Joker breaks the breaks the broom over his knees. Like, all right, we're going to have tryouts. Right. Yeah. That's what it kind of was. And it was just to see who was going to be the starter. He didn't care. No. And I mean, Grace. Uh, well, Nedeljkovic is a younger goalie, so new team, everything like that. Obviously not as defensive as Carolina, where Nadelkovich came from, so gives Nadelkovich a break because our goalies have seen a lot of rubber this year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it in certain games. So, and, and Grace games. is just... Yeah, and, and Grace is just your veteran goaltender where I mean, he's played in a tandem system in on Long Island and stuff like that, so He's used to it, anyways. I would. Right. I, I was happy. I was kind of. There's times where you, you want to see one or the other get a couple starts in a row to see who can take it over. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I give Blashwell credit to just stick to his guts and alternate them for the throughout the first twenty games, and because really, you still have uh, three quarters of your season left, right? Right, and obviously, like it's a back to back on Tuesday, Wednesday. So Grice is going to get in one of those games. I'm assuming it's going to be Wednesday. I would assume but, so as well. Yeah, but I mean, it's all about keeping the goalies fresh, regardless. Because yep. it's it's rare that a goalie you can't have Jacob Markstrom playing seventy games a year. Well, look at Freddie Anderson in Toronto the last five years. Carolina's doing the same thing to him right now. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I know. I know Ronta got hurt at one point, but I think he's. I think Freddie's been played everything but like four games this year. Yeah, but he's also seen a significant amount less shots again you that's know, true Car- that's true carolina, carolina carolina can hold a team down to 20 shots where sometimes in toronto he's seen that through by like the 30 minute the 10 minute mark in the second period sometimes yeah carolina's defensive structure is literally just in between periods rob the bod rips off his suit jacket sleeves and flexes his muscles and screams <laughs> and then the defense is scared shitless so they just lock it down yeah <laughs> and they that's, also have- that's they also have twelve NHL defensemen on their roster. Hey, yeah, shout out to Brendan nine, Smith. Nine for sure. Yeah, nine for sure. But like shout out to Brendan Smith. Still kicking it. I love okay. I we we'll talk about like Jeff Gordon later in the show, but uh I love how he traded for Brendan Smith for it was two second round picks, and I just think that's hilarious. Yeah. And then gave him a four year contract for over four million dollars a year. Sick deal. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude, and, though, Brendan, Brendan Smith. Good-looking dude. He, well, yeah. You know, good-looking guy. Good whiskey guy, too. He was uh, he was playing, what, in the AHL first? And then he was, like, still making that cash in the AHL. And then he was, like, fourth-line wing. Yeah, he played fourth-line wing for the Rangers at one point. For a long time. For, like, <laughs> for like a good portion of, like, over two seasons. Then, I remember being. I remember being like when I, I don't know. It was like when Brendan Smith started first making first made the Red Wings. I think I was like twelve. 
I remember being a huge Brendan Smith fan. I'm like, why doesn't this guy play more? You know, he, he makes the big hits. He skates really well. Just has no offensive ability whatsoever. He's just some dummy with the puck. No idea what he's doing. Yeah. He's, That's yeah. He, he reminds me a lot of, uh, well, actually I can't really say it. Well, because more of a poor man's Michael Delzato. Yeah, except with all the po- without the points. Right, that's what I mean. Like he he he's out there like he's just a poor man's Delzato. Like he he out there do anything, but he couldn't just put the points up. True. True. You know. Um Robbie Fabry, I think the, like one of the highlight goals of the game was Fabry's empty netter. And he goes right <laughs> in the camera and yells fucking rights. Yeah. That's the old team. He literally one of the nicest like empty netter. Like he sprinted all the way to the other end of his goal line. He just decided to shoot it. He had time. And he's decided to go for the short side snipe on the empty net, you know. Gotta make practice it look good. Ones. Yeah, practice those ones in the in the driveway at home. I mean, he also was on a huge slump as well. I don't think he scored. He hasn't scored since the Red Wings played Vegas at home. And that was his what fourth of the year, I believe. That was his, oh yeah, it was only his fourth of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big I, issue right now. We can get into that because we're going to the Buffalo game. Oh, by the way, Joe Valeno, like yeah, Joe Valeno day to day. And I think one of the moves that was just made 30 minutes ago or whatever, an hour ago at this point, I think that was because Joe Valeno is being put on IR. I think. I, yeah. That that's what I, I assume anyways. Right. Um, so. But going into this, uh, Blaschel did make one switch. Giovanni Smith up to the second line, Philip Sedina to the fourth line. Yeah. Um, a lot of people had some thoughts. I have some thoughts as well, and my initial thought is it's not that bad. I agree with you. It, well, look, my initial reaction was like, okay, what the hell? When I saw Smith up there, then I saw where Zadina was, because I thought I didn't see Zadina down at the fourth at first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is he just scratching? Like, has he had enough of Zadina's shit? <laughs> like, is he just blowing him out? Like, then I saw him out on the fourth line. I was like, okay, I, I understand. So. No, I completely I, – I get it. Um, obviously, analytically, he's been one of our best forwards, like play driving and shot generation. But all in all, it doesn't really mean shit unless you're putting up numbers. Like, you got to right. put up actual stats versus the fancy stats at the yeah. end of the day. Um, I'm a huge Philip Zia fan. I still believe him very much. It's still very early. And, again, I always point to Jacob Verona's statistics through his first, like, 100 games versus Zadina's, and they're basically right. identical. So it's all about getting in the right situation, eventually getting the right rhythm, and players find their game. Also, I saw something that Jill Thornton through his first like 140 games had like 38 points as well. Yeah, that's why he was traded out of Boston. I had no idea. I thought I thought he was more productive than that, and that's crazy to me. His first year, he had seven points. Yeah, I knew that. I knew he had a really slow like rookie season, but I didn't know and like all the way through Boston, he had, that was that rough. Um, that's so yeah, it's, that's a crazy stat to me. Um, anyway, back to Zadina. Again, he's had moments this year where he looks like one of the better forwards in this team, which he should be. And then other games, he's so just down in the dumps about his game that he looks invisible out there. Right. That's... And he still gets so... his power play time. He gets his power play cookies. And I'm happy with that. And we look at the play, not, but like Giovanni Smith played the least amount of time in the forwards that game. He played 857 that game. And Philip Zadina played 15 minutes. Right. So obviously the lineup doesn't really it doesn't matter. It's more I think it's more of just a mental game with Zadina. It's like, hey, pick up your shit. 
it's a lesser extent than the Heronic situation where Heronic was scratched two games in a row. Right. Year. It's it's Blash sending a message, but still say, hey, we need you because for the power play, we need you. We're still you're still going to get. You have to go out there and earn it, but and you're going to get the chance to go out there and earn it. But you're just right. going to have a lesser five on five role, basically. Now, if we were to point fingers and in, in like actually compare Zadina to other players in the bottom six, that's a different game. Because if we're going to play play names on who should be in the fourth line, the uh, you know the names like Rasmussen and Ernie and all that come before Zadina, in my opinion. Agreed as their production has been good either. It's literally the production past the first line has been such a shit show this year. Like you don't know what's happening. If they they end up, if they end up popping a couple goals, great. We win. But if they don't, we lose, which is exactly shocker. That's exactly what I was just going to say. If, if when we do get it, we will, the wings will win. I looked at that. I looked at that Columbus game in the beginning of the road trip where it was a five, three game. And I'm pretty sure two of the goals came from the first line. And I think so anyway. I don't know. Like Larkin had a goal, and I know Raymond had a goal. I don't remember who that who scored the other one, but I looked at that one. And if our depth shows up and our defense shows up, we win that game. Right. And again, in the third period too. Um. Yeah. So Carson, calling you now. Um. So yeah, big game again. And I thought I don't know the name of the game for me. This game for Buffalo was just lockdown defense. They played the perfect road game. Yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch actually, which I appreciated. It was just, I mean, the Sabers are the Sabers, and things just kind of been far away. But overall, I mean, compared to where the team was years ago, I think that's a very good road game. I thought like over, I thought overall like I saw people complaining online. It was like how the Red Wings only doing this against Sabers. Like first of all, the Sabers aren't that bad. No, they're one. They're one. They're goalie away from like competing most nights. Yeah. Even though Tokarski's actually played pretty well, like he played really well this game. So I was just gonna say, yeah. He faced like forty-two shots, I think, this game, and he, yeah, yeah thirty-nine out of forty-two. That's a great night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the goals he let in though are kind of been the the theme all year. Is a, a nice little rebound out in front. Defense, yeah. Clear. I think those um, second goal. Yeah, that first goal was such a mess. Yeah. But anyway, like I was gonna go to like the first like five minutes of this game. I thought it was gonna be really bad for Buffalo. <laughs> Because like the the first line for the Red Wings got out and made mince mincemeat of the Buffalo defense and Bertuzzi got that chance right in the slot there. Tough to do. <laughs> Tough to do against Buffalo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Again, I, I I really like Buffalo's game. Like I thought they all all played like the system was very obvious and they locked it down. Yep. And the most of the Red Wings shots were not high danger. Besides, mm-hmm. like obviously that Bertuzzi one early, but after that it was pretty locked down. The Red Wings really scored on their dirty op- dirty chances and made the best of it. Um, a little uh, Mark Stahl was back after being sick for a while. Um, Tukarski was also playing. He was playing back-to-back nights. Yeah, so it's it's him and Dell, and I think Dell had a, a tough night before, so it's just been Tukarski since then. I know Friedman, Friedman's been on the Buffalo getting a goalie soon, and I just like – I don't know. I know, I know like it makes sense – but I'm like, who? And what are you giving up? Like, it's is it really worth it? Like, Tukarski, right? you don't know what you're going to get each night. But, I mean, tonight against Seattle, it's not a good one. It's 5-2 after two and just – the it's, it's Tukarski again, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, two were shorthanded in the first period off of some bad turnovers. But 
Like, and I like what Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Allen, Kevin Adams is Kevin Allen's a Red Wings writer. I don't know why I said <laughs> that, but Kevin, Kevin Adams. I like what he's doing, keeping Ukapekalukanen down. Yep. There's no if, point in rushing him. And he had a really, really tough start to the year. I'd say in the past two, three weeks, he's turned it around and like had above a 900 save percentage in his games, which is nice. But I mean, yeah, obviously even, it's not like, it's not great, but it's better. Yeah. I think Sabres fans, if it wasn't for that Reinhardt trade to get Levi, who's doing really well and Portillo is doing well, I think Sabres would be freaking out about goaltending because Lucan and hey, fans put all their eggs in this basket. And thankfully we have some other guys to look at now if things don't really pan out. Yeah. And like, that was the same. It's kind of similar to the Red Wings in the sense that so the Red Wings had no goalie yeah. future prospects at all. And then we trade for Nadalkovich. Yep. And the Red Wings are like, oh, cool. Like, this is a pop- possible goal for the future. And then immediately three days after, we draft Kosa. Yeah. Who puts up silly numbers in the WHL. Yeah. yeah. The thing with goalies, though, it's it's not a bad thing to have too many because someone's always looking for right. a goalie. Right. That's the thing. Because yeah. obviously, the ideal situation is you ride Nadalkovich Kosa as a tandem throughout Kosa's ELC. Mm-hmm. And then once, it, hopefully, Kosa pops and then you trade Nadalkovich. Yep. That's where you're looking at right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, perfect things don't happen, and obvi- someone will probably regress or something like that. And you'll something will you'll need another goal in the future. But you know we're gonna play in fantasy land right now, and we're gonna yeah, pretend this is how it's gonna happen. I trust Stevie Y. In Stevie Y, we trust. But he uh, a bad move. No, he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it. Well, the Evgeny Svechnikov right now. That one doesn't. He, he look doesn't great. make. He doesn't make terrible moves. Uh, ooh. the only the only other one I can think of is the Brennan Perlini trade. We I mean, gave a, I know we gave we gave him a guy that might be an NHL defenseman, but for yeah. Brennan for one goal of Brennan Perlini, that's pretty yeah. that's fun. I think I think Stevie got a little he got a little greedy because he he like a few weeks before he made the Robbie Fabry trade and then Fabry popped off right away. He's like, ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna right. trade for another guy in the 2014 draft, and then Perlini <laughs> just did nothing. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny to look back on. Again, it's it's literally so minimal that it's not like a huge one. Like where we are so hyper focused on it, looking into the future. Right. Like everyone forgets about it. And I, yeah, I'm just I, pre- I, I honestly thought that was uh, Ken Holland trade for. No, that was uh, yeah. Stevie. Yeah, I forgot about that. Ken Holland. I mean, he made some bad. He made some awful contracts, but he made some decent trades at the end. Right before he yeah. was let go, we have like the Nick Jensen trade where we got a second round pick somehow for Nick Jensen. Um, the Thomas Tatar deal, right? Where we got Joe Valeno, um, I think it was Albert Johansson, and I think ended up being Nadalkovich. The pick ended up being that was a full trade for Thomas Tatar. Yeah, which is good deal. Pretty, it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, nice. I guess we'll get yeah we'll get back to this game. Um, Vlad played his 500th game, which I feel like could be more for some reason. Feels like he's been around for forever. Yeah, like part of me was like, oh wow, 500 already. But then I was sitting there thinking back, I was like, he's been in the league since like for for quite a, quite a while, quite a few years. So yeah, well, good for him though, and he gets the uh, NHL pension now. So good for him. Stick tight. Um, also, bad night to be Jacob Bryson. You got absolutely crushed by Giovanni Smith. Yeah, that poor guy. He, he's actually been like the, probably the biggest bright spot this year. 
He's been good. He's he's good. Giovanni Smith is just a lot much. He's a lot bigger than him. He is a man. Bryson is a boy. (laughs) Yeah, Bryson's like what, like five eleven, something like that. He's like he's he's not very heels. Yeah, buck seventy soaking wet. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's pretty. He's pretty thin, but like he's he's very good with the puck. Yeah, Giovanni Smith was that size of Bantams. So I was thinking, yeah, it's true. My yeah. son was like one of those dudes at 16. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be six foot, 200 pounds now. Literally his rookie year when he started in Barry in the OHL. Yeah. That's, that's, he was, I think he was six one, two ten, or something like that. Like it's a monster at like 15, 16. Yeah. He was 16 and he got traded to Guelph to Guelph that his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching, watching him when he, uh, in the Sioux and Barry came at the beginning of the year. I was like, who is this guy? Who's this man out here? I've never heard of this guy before. And then he got traded. So I was like, oh, he must be like guy that's getting ready to age out with like an old rager or something like that. I look at him. I was like, no, nope, he's a 16-year-old guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, a little wow. bit off topic. Since we're like on the OHL talk, I want to go quick. But uh, the, the Mason McTavish rumor to the, the Sioux Greyhounds would be sick. If that happens, yeah. I think the Hounds kind of sewered themselves on that, though. Really? Yeah, because they traded uh, Joe Carroll there, like a, a month into the or a couple weeks into the season. Because I think Carroll's an OA, and he's like a good offensive okay. player. Okay. He's a good offensive player, and they had too many overagers, so they had to get rid of him. But they could have just kept scratching one of the other guys and used that as bait to get Tavish. But he had like what he had a hat trick his first game back to junior. Uh, Hatrick, like th- th- three and one or something like that. Yeah, something like that. He was the guy I wanted the Red Wings to take in the 2021 draft. He was the guy I wanted, and then he obviously Anaheim picked him at three, so he wasn't available. But it's like I was, I was, I was a little upset. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, he's, he's he's very good. He's nasty. He was. He's a man. He's a, he's another man child. That's why I made me think of it. He's another man child. Right, right. He's got a full beard. And, Eighteen. And- our picks out of Peterborough. Well, there's one pick I can think of that out of Peterborough, Pete's, that's been very well for the Detroit Red Wings. So, uh, why am I blanking? He's our GM now. Ah, oh, Steve. Yes, <laughs> he did play for the Peterborough Pete's. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I the first game I thought of, I'm like, uh, Zach Gallant. Uh, he was drafted no. by the Red Wings yeah, in like no, 2017. No, no. Yeah. And he turned out to be nothing. Um. It's good. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, Buffalo scores first in this game. We we're talking about this before we hopped on because uh, Brett Murray got his first NHL goal uh, just a few minutes, like a few, like thirty minutes ago. But uh, he sets up Dylan Cousins on the back door, sweet play. Yeah, rough. I don't know what happened to the Red Wings where we ended up with a two on one the other right away, but I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know how the pass got through either. I feel like Cousins just kind of snuck in back door. Just got yeah, him. yeah. No chance for Dinalkovich and it's yeah. easy. One of those like tapping goals where you're like, oh, that looks really. It was satisfying. <laughs> it should like those goals are like in the oddly satisfying column, like of yeah. like TikTok. Unless you're Nadalkovich, then probably not. Yeah, probably not. He, I mean, he's Nadalkovich is on the struggle bus for satisfying because he had, he lost a bet to Larkin. In the OU uh, Michigan game, and he had to wear a Michigan jersey to practice. Really? Yeah, so that's pretty oh. funny. Tough go. Um, so funny thing, we talked about Zadina getting demoted, and I thought this was Zadina's like best game in a long time. 
Andy, yeah. I don't, like, I don't, yeah. Did you you watch this game, right? I watched the third and overtime, okay. and um, he to me he just brought simplicity to his game, which is more effective. And he looked like he had more. Yeah, he looked like he had more drive, and he was skating like early on. He had, he had his really big chances. Like he danced one of the Sabres defensemen, and Tukarski like had to cover it with his toe. Okay. That was a weird, awkward shot. Um, I think it was the end of the second or first. He had he followed Horonic up the wall, and he like curled and dragged like Matthews shot. And again, it's all about finishing at this point with Zidane. And he drilled Tukarski right in the chest. Just he had so much net to pick out of, and he just drilled it right in the chest. Nice That's where turn. it's at. It's up to his finish. I think his shooting percentage this year is like five percent. It's pretty bad. That's higher. That's higher than I thought it was going to be. So, well, I think it's okay. It was, so it's cranking it up is his power play, but if yeah. you look at his even strength save or sh- shooting percentage, it's got to be below two. Okay, yeah. like five that's, on five. Right. That's that's right about where I'd expect it to be. because two out of his three goals are on the power play. Right. Which is crazy to say that, like through twenty two games, Phillips has three goals. Not great. Not great. Who's picked that for him? Quinn Hughes. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've talked about this draft. I've talked about this draft a lot. I can get into it right now because I have, I have my opinions on it. I've seen Maple Leafs fans are like Rasmus Sandin is a top five talent in this draft, which I don't agree with. Um, I think, I don't even know if Rasmus Sandin's the fifth best defenseman in this draft. That's my, that's my opinion. What was this 2018? 2018. We have we have Darlene Bouchard, Dobson, Quinn Hughes. That's four defensemen right there. I just named off the top of my head. So, um, and then with Zadina, like if you look at the guys who were picked right in front of him right away. Barrett Hayton and yes, yes, Barry Cockney were picked right ahead of him. Yeah, and Zadina is better than those two players. I would say. I, I yeah agree. In a redraft, Zadina probably still goes top ten, but he's probably closer to ten. I agree with that because you have Farabee that's also there as well. Yeah. Who's been? He's been a better. He's been a better player than Zadina, and I'm blanking on other names. I mean, obviously Quinn Hughes would go ahead of him. But again, it's not like this atrocious. It's also so 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 early. I, I think Quinn Hughes would probably go in the top two or three. Yeah, probably. Probably like, do a redraft in hindsight as of right now. Still, my hot take, and I'm not. And I'm not trying to pander to our guest, but I still think that Darlene's the best. Like he's the best player in this draft. He just hasn't found his game yet. Agreed. Like there, when Dowling's hot, a couple of games ago, it's just he takes the game over. But then you have- I think I know it's hard because Fetchnikov has been producing and he's very, very good. I think Dowling, if he was on, uh, if he was on Carolina, he'd be a, yeah. he'd be the be- one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Like if you sw- switch the teams who won the lottery there, like we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right, right. Like just imagine right. Dowling zipping the puck around in Carolina. Yeah, Fetchnikov in the middle of like. Akposo and Cody Egan, like we got a different story there. <laughs> yeah, it's just you got to take it with a grain of salt. And obviously, in Dolly, I think Dolly, what I've seen the the two Red Wing games, I think he's played pretty well. Yeah, agreed. It's just I mean, he, he got danced. He got danced by Bertuzzi in the first game, but that's bad. But I th- I think this game he played pretty well. He's 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 just very streaky. I can say that for all the Sabres players. Just mm. it's never a complete game. Um. Yeah, and then after, so we had, so the Detroit ties it, 
And it was initially announced it was Zadina's, but it was no chance. But it was Gagne dished it up to uh, Lindstrom, and then Lindstrom shot it, and it took a weird bounce off Tukarski, and then ended up hitting Carter Rowney. Or Car- it ended up Tukarski like ended up kicking it in, but then Rowney like tapped it in last second, so it was technically his goal. That was weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like Carson, like, what is what's going on with Tukarski there? It's he has a lot of weird rebounds that because he just plays the game so weirdly, he takes up a lot of net. But if you just, I feel like most games he he plays where he lets in goals, it's either a really, really bad goal from just a weird shot or just a rebound. And and that kind of sums up the three goals scored. Yeah, I don't necessarily like think it was an awful goal. Like if you count bodies in front there, the Red Wings, the Red Wings outmanned the Sabres there and like really worked for that goal. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. Last episode, like no matter what he lets in, just the way he plays, I think every goal just looks worse than what it is. Just <laughs> yeah, like it definitely. Like, no offense, worse. though, but it is. It's hard to watch. I feel like I just feel bad about myself. And even the so the Reddings ended up scoring a minute nineteen after. Uh, it also kind of sucked that I go back to the goal. It sucked because Zadina counted for a second. It was his birthday. He gets yeah. demoted to the fourth. He gets demoted to the fourth line and gets a goal taken away on his birthday kind of sad tough um bit of a bummer but then a minute 19 later um point shot from cider and giovanni smith's in front perfect screen and Suter bangs home the rebound yeah did you guys think this was a goaltender interference i thought smith was well enough on top of the crease where he avoided it and also the contact was pretty minimal because yeah. you look at after Tukarski falls back like as he's trying to like recover the puck in my opinion but again, I might be biased towards the Red Wings here, so you can give your opinion. I mean, I didn't think it was anywhere close to it. I saw the overhead is what kind of swayed me a little bit more just because of how it was set up in between with Darlene in front of him and then um, uh, the Red Wings player just cutting in between. But the end, it had been ticky tacky and with Buffalo. I, yeah, I agree. Right. It had been, it was it, like, it would have been reminiscent of Andy, it had been reminiscent of Thomas Holmstrom when we were yeah. growing up. When every time Thomas Armstrong would be in front of the net, it's automatically goalie interference. It didn't matter what the goal was. It I swear to God, it was give me the hash marks of the goaltender interference. Give me two two goals a game where Nick Lidstrom would shoot from the point of the power play, and Thomas Holmstrom would redirect it, or he would just be the plain screen and get called off for goal interference. Yeah, did not matter. That man was cursed. Yeah, that guy um, could have that guy could have had five hundred power play goals in his career. He was the most elite power play like player ever. Power forward. Yeah. Yeah. He literally like, he'd score like 45 points a year, and I swear 30 of them were on the power play. Yeah. He he had the best, he got to play with Dotsuk and Zetterberg on a line, and he just had the best life. He was oh, that was the best. Well, I love Homer. Also, what did uh what does Lindstrom always say? He always was like, I would have had like 200 more career points if if he didn't if Homer would either stop getting a stick <laughs> on them or or he said something about goals, but he's points in general. No, all the goals called off. He's, he's joking about all the goals called off. Yeah, or if he just got out of the way of the ones that did hit him. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're, Carson, they're, they're like best friends in Sweden. Yeah. Like, they hang out, like, all the time. And so, like, and even when they're on the Red Wings, they were they were best friends. And yeah. Holmstrom doesn't, like, Holmstrom's the, one of the rare Swedes that doesn't speak very good English. Yeah. And so, like, Lidstrom would always make fun of his English, and it's just super funny. And Holmstrom would always play victim. It's really, it's oh. his his English got worse the longer he stayed in the states. <laughs> like, yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> he just sounded so awful. It was so funny. yeah. Um, 
it's also come like Pew Suter scores with what it looks like to be two tampons up his nose because he they missed a <laughs> they missed the high stick there. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. He looked ridiculous celebrating, but I was happy for again. Pew's of late has been better. It's just the inconsistency like of that line before Zadina was broken off of it, but mm-hmm. it'd be one of the three showing up in a game and then no production. Right. And so it's just frustrating in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, it was good for them to get on the board. And honestly, again, it was, again, Buffalo played a very smart game plan. It wasn't until the third period with, I was a minute 20 left. Yeah. With, I don't know, the unlikeliest candidate for a one-timer and on a six-on-five situation, Cody Eakin, what's he doing out there? I, I don't know. And this team, just for whatever reason, that fourth line of Eakin, Akposo, and Gergensen's, they produce somehow. I mean, the other team produces more when they're on the ice, but someone produces, and <laughs> for whatever reason, they're out there. They're fun. They're fun. You don't know what you're they, getting. They are the most fun. I think I – until Akposo buries someone from behind. Oh, yeah, it was heroic. That was – I, I was, that I'm was, glad you brought that up. That was really bad. I don't know why. He that felt was he felt minutes. so bad immediately though. Like he knew what he did, and I'm I'm glad. Like yeah. everything everything was okay, and like I like Alcozo, and there's no harm, no follow. Yeah, but like he got the the penalty was deserved, and I'm glad. Like there was no injury, so we don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously it was a it was a bad hit, but he didn't. Obviously, it wasn't a non a non intentional. Good guy, really good guy. Um, good yeah, like before this, like the Red Wings had so many chances to. Mm-hmm. finish this game with the Bertuzzi backdoor. I thought Osterley made a really sweet play in that two-on-one to break that up against the Sabres. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who the two-on-one was. Carson, do you remember that? Do you remember who the two-on-one was? I don't. He made a really – it was back-to-back games Osterley made these – like, he almost, like – he does really well in the two-on-one, like, where yeah. he shouldn't be, where he's left out to dry. It might have been clear Thompson. It might have been. I think I it was – I was going to say, I thought Thompson was part of it there, yeah. He's probably the guy open for the pass, because I think it was a lefty passing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, was left, it was trying to go left to right, and I think Osterley broke it up that way. Um, but yeah, also, the co- quick comment on Osterley. I thought this was his best game of the year. He's really good, and I think Blashill said the same thing in his presser, that he thought this is him and Sider as a pairing, their best game together, and I thought, I agree. They both look yeah. pretty good. Um. It's just such a it's just such a relief to have someone that actually can skate and move the puck, and it's all I'm asking for in that first power, first pairing instead of Dan DeKaiser. Yeah. It's very it's a very small ask. And Jordan Osterley by no means is a top pairing defenseman. He should be like a six defenseman. Yeah, you're covering the microphone there, Chief. I said at least he can skate. <laughs> at least he can skate. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he can skate and pass. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. But to go back to the six on five goal, yeah, I thought it was weird that Cody Eakin was out there, and then all of a sudden, I, I as soon as I made that observation that Cody Eakin is out there, Jeff Skinner tips in the one timer. He's a decoy. He's a decoy. That's what I was thrown off. Yeah, I mean to talk on Jeff Skinner. I mean, we are currently on Jeff Skinner hat trick watch right now. He has two goals. I are, are they back? The Buffalo, the Buffalo crawl back. It is five three. So I mean, ooh, it is what it is. Fifteen minutes left, but yeah, Jeff. Jeff Skinner, I think the past week or two is – I don't want to say he's back, but, I mean – He looked dangerous against the Red Wings. So I he's back. Say. He's back. It's the black tape. He switched up the tape. <laughs> black. It's a new man. 
He's a new man. I don't know if you know. I noticed that. That was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, why is Jeff Skinner wearing black, using black tape? Does he still spray paint a stick? Uh, no, he doesn't do that anymore. Probably I'm a weird, I'm a weird like gear nerd like that where I noticed that kind of thing. Oh. I'm pretty sure Cider like started spray painting a stick higher up. Like it looks like it's almost catching to his bottom hand. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty comical. It's so high. Also, Zadina started using tape again, which I'm happy about. Maybe yeah, the next uh, next guy needs to start doing that is Bertuzzi. Yeah, and Heronic. They both they both still use the slap yeah. on tape. Times are tough in Detroit. Yeah, it, the the budget's not. It's just not in the budget. No tape budget this year. Yeah, they use like that, like the what you'd use like an eight year old is like the the stick on tape. Yeah, and it's like has their has their number and the Red Wings logo on. If you look closely, both of them use it. And Zadina was using it for most of the year. Um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, Zadina. There's no player in the league that switches their stick more than Philip Zadina. He's used. I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, if I'm, I think he's used six different sticks this year. Oh yeah, he's used two different Warriors, and I think he's gone through four different Bauer brands. It's insane because he's using the the newer the a or not the AX but the newer of the Warriors, but he was using last year's model before. I think it was one of Larkins that he was using, and then he's gone through like the whole Supreme line, and he went through like a couple of the Vapors. So he just sheds sticks like no one's no one's business. And I, I love how it's like it's a mental thing. He's like, I just need to switch the stick. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I was a little nervous though. I'm like, oh, the Red Wings blow another third period lead. And another late one too. I was thinking about tweeting about like how the Red Wings I was nervous about them going overtime, and then I didn't. And then immediately not even I could barely even sit down for overtime and Lucas Raymond. The man, the myth, legend, legend scores again. I just, yeah. I quick, he's nineteen. He's nineteen, and right. he does the same thing. I and oh I should point out that it probably wasn't the best goal. Um, he did the nice curl and drag, which threw off Tukarski, and it was through Darlene's legs. But another five hole on Tukarski wasn't great. It, again, any goal he lets up, it just looks bad. Is pads like? Is pads? <laughs> yeah, I I'm watching him right now, and it's just like, oh, his sticks too. So he uses like wooden sticks still, and they don't make them anymore. So his stick is so broken at the bottom; it's absurd. I think it's actually legal what he's doing. Yeah, it looks like one of our one of our junior league practices. I mean, that's probably why the goal went out. He's missing half his blade. It's true. They're just eating up. Um, but no, like the pass from. Pass the, the pass from Larkin where Raymond just skates it all the way up. He's Raymond. I think he's up to twelve points in twelve like twelve games now. It's not a point streak, but the past twelve games he has twelve points. Right, and he's been I him and Larkin have been our best players. They're and so it's not. Cool to watch. It's, oh, a it's not. It, I was thinking about this today. Like, who's going to go to the All Star game for the Red Wings? This is the first time in probably like four years where I actually give a shit who goes to the All Star game. Rasmussen. I mean, yeah, maybe him and Danny. Like, we can have Danny be the hardest shot. Ooh, I'd love Witter in the hardest shot. Unfortunately, he's the captain of uh, the Laval Rocket. He's too busy. He's he's booked. Is he still around? He's still, he's captain of Laval Rocket. No way. Yeah. Okay. No, No, the biggest name for the past of the Red Wings I saw today. Um, Ryan Spruill got Chinese citizenship, and he's going to play for China in the Olympics. Yeah, 
crazy. Him and Jake Chelios. Him and Jake Chelios both are gonna suit up because they play for Kun- they play for Kunlin in the KHL. Yeah. And they're gonna they got their citizenship like years ago. And they're competing. Like, I think China's still debating whether or not they're gonna send a team because it's gonna be comical what whatever team like I think Czech Republic would put up double digits against them easily. Well, there's not gonna be when I don't think there'd be one China resident, the actual citizen born on the team. Yeah, like the closest one I can think of is Brendan Yip. And I think he's like yeah, and he's like his parents were from China. Yeah. And he's he's Canadian. He's from Matt. I'm pretty sure he's from Mass. You remember that defenseman from the Connecticut Chiefs who's from China? Yes. Who wears Chinese gloves during games. Yes. Yes. So maybe uh, he might be there. He might be there. That'd be pretty funny. I could say I played against an Olympian. (laughs) (laughs) I dangled an Olympian because I scored a sweet goal on him. Even better. Even better. I can I can say I'm better than an Olympian. John Scott, I guess John Scott went towards the end of his career, he got offered a KHL spot for Kunlin, and they said they'd give him citizenship and he'd play in the Olympics. How funny it would have been to see 40-year-old John Scott in the Olympics. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, All-star. All-star John Scott. All-star John Scott. But, like, again, like, Raymond, he's <laughs> – he passed Lafren- Lafreniere's point total from last year, and it took him, 20, like, 22 games. Yeah. Hilarious. I have a bunch I of stuff. I have that many points. Yeah, I know, right? He's been him and Kaka. I mean, Kaka of late actually been pretty good. The laugh, it's just their their coaching is just always, especially Gallant, is just like I don't care about the young guys, and it's just not good for developing. Yeah, I agree. Where I'm glad with Blashell, he's really changed his tune because, like, it looked like early on, it looked like he wasn't going to care. Like it was guys like Athanasiu and stuff, and he, he was even hard on math in the beginning. But with Raymond and Cider, he's been twenty minutes, twenty minutes a night for Cider at least. And Raymond's constantly been above 15. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they also haven't given him much choice, to be well, fair. Right. In, in most nights, you know. But again, the opportunity, they he gave them the opportunity initially. To earn it, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like it wasn't like he placed him in the third pairing and third line and was like, hey, you got to earn it from here. Yeah. He, put him, he put him in a spot to succeed and they did. Yeah. So that's and again he did the same thing with Zadina last year. Like Zadina played, I mean a lot of times he was playing second line, but the people he was playing with wasn't very good because the Red Wings were very good. Right. To go back and the I'm not trying to open up that can of worms again, but um, yeah, Lucas Raymond very good. He's only 19, so on and so on. He became the second teenager in Red Wings history to score a overtime goal. You know the other one is it's just wash, rinse, repeat with this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's getting a little old. Um, I actually wrote my first article. I Carson and I we joined the Hockey Hound to to start writing, and I wrote my first piece about Lucas Raymond's uh, hot start. And there's a couple points like I also I'm like super excited. Like I've, I've been blogging. I've had three different blogs since I've been 18. Um, so I'm excited to like actually get like a platform where. I actually can get some heavy traffic because just right now, like my, like my personal blog or whatever, or the, and now it's our, the podcast blog. Right. I can only get X amount of traffic. Cause I'm just promoting on my own Twitter where then they have their own Twitter and like they have the Facebook and stuff. And that's where they're pumping up big numbers. So it's, it's nice to like put a lot of work into an article and like see some numbers from like success. So that's cool. And right. I'm like Carson, I know like Carson's super excited about it. Yeah. I read it. I'm, incredible like 
the amount of work Garth put into it just on the statistics alone is actually absurd. It's I recommend it. And I missed so much. I got pissed because like I, I missed some things. Um I one of them was like I could have compared him to like Matt Barzell in his rookie year because like that's like the last guy I think of in recent memory that put up almost a like he put up over a point per game in his rookie year, but Raymond's like at point nine five. Right. And that's the that's the last that's like the most comparable right now to Raymond's like rookie season. And yeah, I, I wish I would have pointed out that. There's so much other things I would have rather like I wanted to point out. I would have done like more video analysis and whatnot, but no, it was like super it was super fun. Yeah, make sure um, everyone write an article to go read the article and then tweet Garth what he missed. Oh yeah. Just tell me how much of a loser I am. <laughs> um God, you have a party going on. <laughs> yeah. I gotta Jeez. keep muting it. I mean, our walls are made of paper here, but yeah, yeah. I won't name your. I won't name. I won't name the university, but yeah, no, it's not in the budget. But but if you do, you should definitely read their student newspaper because you should. Board board does a good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the NHL.com did their rookie race voting, and obviously, it's funny that the Raymond Insider are just like one and two, and it's just unanimous. 77 yeah. points and 71 points like Raymond he had only seven seven of those for, like he had 10 first place votes out of 17 the other six went to cider and, and the only other like person I got a first place those was Dawson Mercer who's been very good this year for New Jersey I should say that. yeah yes he has um again like Larkin and I'm gonna get off top Ellison Delkovich got votes for fifth place votes which is pretty cool um Larkin seven game seven game point streak, which is not really talked about enough right now. He's just so he's so key to this team. Oh yeah, and I'm excited. I'm excited for them to play Boston t- tomorrow, and they're not going to have Marchand, which we'll get into, and we'll have Larkin. So it should be like a really good game because it's more. I know it's more even even play, I suppose. Um, yeah. and the biggest issue now, I have the road record, but uh, three seven and one this year on the road. Not great. Not great. No. And again, it's just it's the name of the game right now is we've been relying on one line. And whatever night it is, you flip a coin, it's who who else is gonna show up. Right. And I think I think Nadelkovich Nadelkovich has pulled his own weight, and I think Cider and Hronik have played pretty well. So I shouldn't like just name the first line, but like those five or six players have done well. And and the record really shows to how we're relying on that for top line because our home record is significantly better than our road record. Yeah, and they get the matchups those, those home right games. exactly. So you get last change with all that. So that and you I can mean, just go to the you can go to the statistic like you just literally go to NHL.com and look up the statistics where the first line <laughs> they're all all a point per game or more. I think Bertuzzi might be a game under, but it's still whatever. He's yeah. either point per game or just one under. Same with Raymond, but um, Cider Cider is at fourteen points. Veronica's at eleven, I think. Nelkovich has like a nine twenty something, and then everyone else. I don't think anyone touches double digits in points. I don't I think, think Suter, so. Suter or no Fabry has ten now. Right, but still, yeah. it's the inconsistency, and it's actually like I'm actually working on an article right now where I'm I'm breaking down the the line share from the rest of the team moving like through the first quarter of the season. Yeah. 
and what they can improve on, what the numbers say and all that. I'm kind of doing a deep dive right now. So a little, little tease for everyone, but um, yeah, so let's, uh, We'll preview, we'll preview Boston quick, which kind of t- ties into what I just talked about. Um, and then we'll have the fun the fun stuff. Um, so, Boston. Marshand, three-game suspension. What did we think of the suspension? I think it was warranted. Like, three, three games is about right. I think, but, I mean, just a... I mean that's a slew foot anyway any day of the week. That's dirty as hell in my opinion. I didn't I didn't I don't know, like in a way, well, I don't know, actually it's hard hard to say because Suban got fined for and he's had like what four or five offenses this year, including preseason. And he and was like he had, a, he had only fine. Yeah, he had dinged for fifteen K, I think, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't have the track record of other stuff that Marchant has done in his past, even though I believe it's gone long enough to where Marchant's suspension history cannot come into play. I believe. I just hate that rule. And I understand why it's a rule because it's the player association trying to save their guys money. Yeah. But I think every incident, I mean, obviously like Tommy Wilson, if, if he drills someone in the head a little bit and it's a repeat in that sense, but like there needs to be more focus on each individual event versus the the record of someone has right and like, like if it's a, if it's a really dirty hit and you compare it to someone who like has made many dirty hits and it's the same you know comes out the same result or it's just equally as brutal to watch it should be the same punishment in my opinion exactly uh i don't know how you feel about that carson i think it sets kind of good precedent because i don't know Compared to others, but I feel like I've seen so many Sloopa videos on my timeline, mainly Subban. But I feel like it's at the point now where they need to take some action against it. Things are just getting a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, it's a really dangerous play. Yeah. Especially, especially this one. Like uh, OEL was what, like four, four or five feet away from the boards. Yeah, and he, he slipped just... and his ass went to the boards. Yeah, because that's how much he flipped. And he was like. I because I, I was watching, I watched it a couple times. Like it was all over my <laughs> Instagram today, and mm-hmm. last couple, like especially once the suspension was released. But I watched it um, in slow motion, and it caught my eye. But then I watched it in fast motion, and it was like, or like a regular speed, I guess, not fast motion. But uh, but he could have snapped his ankle so easily had his blade caught, like the heel of his blade caught a half a millisecond earlier, right. Like when he when he lands, like he, he could have snapped his ankle so easily. It's just a dangerous play. And three games. I mean, yeah, I, I compared to the Subban thing because Subban has had multiple incidents this year. I think three games might be a little heavy, but in the same sense, they need to start setting a precedence out there saying this yeah. should be and, and to go back to like this, I think the precedent should have been set with Subban. And Great. if this play still happens afterwards, like obviously it's the same punishment. It should be easy, easy right there. Yeah. Um, to kind of go back to like the preview of the game, also like Carson, like it's kind of funny that like both times we've had Carson on comes off of our rookie, our rookie scoring an overtime goal. I just, I just remembered that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's just kind of <laughs> thank you, Dustin Tukarski. Yeah, charity, charity. It's all good. Um, yeah. but to go like it. So the fun, the fun player that 
I was hinting to Carson. Um, do you have do you have a guess? He ended up he did he's played for Buffalo and Detroit. Buffalo minor, Detroit. minor league player most of his career. He played a very small amount of games with Buffalo. I actually don't think he's played a game with Detroit, actually. Oh, he, but he played in Grand Rapids for like four years. You know when years. he played for Buffalo? It was like recently probably like three or four years ago. I was going to say about three, three and a half, four years ago. But he played like a good, like, I think he played like 10 games with Buffalo. Oh, interesting. Um, he's a center. I'll give you that hint. Cool. He's probably like probably 28 at this point. 28, 29. This is a tough one. Just a Buffalo guy. He played, obviously, he played for Rochester most of, oh, most yeah. of his time. What's his last name start with? C. I mean, my first guess was Corey Conacher. I don't, do not think it's him. <laughs> no, no, it's not him. Uh, it is Kyle Criscolo. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, we could have been here all night. I know we're getting close to that. Uh, yeah, Kyle Criscolo. So he initially signed, like, when he played at Harvard, he signed as a free agent with Grand Rapids. And then, like, he, I think he was called up at one point, but, like, never played. Kind of just a scratch. And then he signed with, obviously, with Buffalo, like, an offseason. And he ended up coming – he ended up playing games with Buffalo. But now I think it's Joe Valeno got put on IR, but it hasn't been announced yet, but I'm guessing that's what the move is because they probably want a forward to be scratched. That's why they called up him versus, like, a pro, like a, a guy that, like, might actually be a prospect or whatever. Um, But, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Just interesting. Just a random like when, when that came across the timeline, I was like, oh, that's. I know that's when I thought about it. Name. When I thought about it, it's like the same thing with calling up Dan Renoff. Like you might as well call up a guy like you're comfortable scratching him. Right. Exactly. It's like Brett. It's like, I don't think I don't think Kyle Criscolo is going to play a game. If I'm being completely honest. No, he's just there just in case. Yeah. He's just there just in case. And the if Sabres, he does, like, cool, good for him. The Sabers claimed Wollenden like a month ago. He's been scratched every single game. Right. Like, we had that with um, okay. the Red Wings did that with I think we did that with Scott Wilson, which you also would know because Scott Wilson's also a Buffalo legend, O'Reilly trade legend, uh, O'Reilly Shane trade legend. Oh wow, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, Riley Shane, also Buffalo Sabres legend. Wow, we just yeah. keep connecting. Yeah, there's just so much. Billy Leno, we both love Billy Leno. That's number fifteen in Buffalo history. <laughs> Riley Shane. I thought you were talking about Billy Lano for a second. No, that's 23. Better than Briere. It's true. And also, yeah, 15. Jai Keichel didn't wear 15. You're right. Yeah. He's the, he's the best. Play in Buffalo. Yeah, he didn't even play Buffalo. He's been a, yeah. He got drafted by Vegas in 2015. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Speaking of that guy, should we talk about... So, waivers, and then he looks like he's going to play for the Barracuda. Do you think that's he plays cool, another game? Man. Do you think he plays another game for San Jose? No. Who? Sorry? Vander. Oh, Mr. Kane. So I saw some things from from Friedman and Merrick, and it sounds like he might have to because it sounds like teams are calling and they want to see him play NHL. <laughs> and he might have to. Well, look at you know what? To be, I, I guess, on ice, to be fair to him, last year he was he had a good season. He was our best player. He was our best player. Just look at that. Fuck. Don't don't make don't put that don't, don't put that guy in, back in that locker room. <laughs> Easily the funniest name that's been in their trade rumors is Vancouver. Yeah. Like that team needs any more problems. Well, he's from Vancouver. Maybe he'll settle down. 
Yeah, maybe we've said that. I don't know how many times we said that about yeah. Buffalo. We said that about San Jose. Winnipeg. The dude loves trouble. Yeah, loves trouble. They, they even said that when he when they moved to Winnipeg because oh, it's a Canadian city. It's going to be a more traditional. Market. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I forget yeah. that he's, he I was drafted by Atlanta. Yeah, crazy. Poor guy. Um, yeah, that's just such an awful situation. I'm glad San Jose is like it. Basically, they've said forget you. Like they don't even remember him. I'm happy for their fans that like didn't drag out more. It could have been a lot worse, I think. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Doug Wilson has enough good pulse on it where he's not going to bring him back in unless he like unless it's for the trade. Which and they're, they're even gonna... and they're even willing to retain half half the salary too. They said I mean, it's such a cancer. We just kind of have to. You kind of just have to eat it. Yeah. Just their con. I I give Doug Wilson credit, but then I'm also going to give him a backhanded comment here, where like just how awful his contracts had been. Like, yeah. he'd never be in this issue. Like, obviously, Evander Kane, Evander Kane earned his contract, I would say. Obviously, it looks bad now, but, like, we can complain about it, whatever. But yeah. the Mark Edward Vlasic contract, awful. The Eric Carlson aged like milk. Uh, yeah. Brent Burns, unfortunate, but, like, he makes too much money. He was worth it at the time, so I'm not, I'm not, that much and against so was, the yeah numbers. so was carlson too and like yeah Kane. it's it's in the same sense it's it's exactly what we ran into in detroit when kenny holland was signing all the all except the so much worse right like like this is a significant amount these are like superstars that were getting paid superstar money, money. where like it's not an advocator where it's like he should be on your fourth line scratch and he's still making almost five million like Martin Jones. I forgot about him. They bought yeah. Martin Jones this summer. Yeah. Like, it's 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 just as bad, just on a different level, because these guys were superstars and they eat up so much of your salary cap. Right. You know. And there's so much we could, like, there's so many stories. We can we just go right up the coast with Vancouver. Carson, yeah. what do you think about that, like, that team as a whole right now? It's so weird it's because so- looking back, like, two years ago, they're like, this team's going to be something. But they just got the Buffalo Sabres effect to them, I think. Just we watched whatever. we watched that playoff series together. Yeah. That's, that, that's uh, why so it's just... a perfect ending spot for Vander Kane. <laughs> I'm full circle. He's already, already ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Like, I guess that year when both teams won a franchise, it's just cursed. They never, never won a cup. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. They just end up being in the shitter. Also, yeah, I think that, it's that Jim Betting press conference was the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The crowd just chanting "Fire Betting" during the games, just like holy. There needs to just be a mercy killing. I heard because the the Aquilinis own it. Who their um their whatever their real estate like empire owners whatever. But I guess one of the brothers wants to full sale change, but then the other ones like. I don't want to change anything. Let's ride it out. Which there, something needs to change. does. Yeah, like we're at the point now. It's just we can't do the same thing, it's, right? And you look at they they've known they've been known for change before. Like the first the other the GM before this, Mike Gillis, was fired after one playoff series. Like when they didn't make the playoffs one year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. the The thing with Vancouver is they're they're not they don't make any in-season moves. It's always ride it out to the end of the year and then clean house and come back to camp with a whole new look. Well, 
yeah, whole new look, yeah. whether it's management, coaching, players, whatever. <laughs> and this year, like right now, it sounds like it's going all the way from up from the GM and like people want Travis Green gone. And then also there's turmoil in the locker room between what is it? Miller and Horvat. Horvat. And then um, Peter uh, Pedersen said like with Brock Besser trade rumors, he goes, if he leaves, I'm, I don't want to be here. Like it's going all over the place. Like <laughs> that's crazy. a, yeah. Also the, the, uh, the quote from, the practice in Columbus where um, Brock Besser was asking Travis Green, they took like 15 minutes to figure out a simple two on O drill and JT Miller from the other end screams. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And it's just, Oh, that, that quote was just all over. It was pretty bad. And then so Miller's so funny press though. Conference. Miller's press yeah. conference too. Like, Oh, who's buying in? Who's not? And he was, I couldn't even tell you right now. Like, and then just the look of disgust on his face, and yeah, it's bad. And yeah, fire. I feel like I'd just be going after Vancouver players. Like you see what uh, they do when they brought in. I'm pretty sure Steve Eisman, or there, or there was at least a couple Red Wing executives at the Vancouver Boston game yeah. uh, last night. They were in the building scouting, so that's uh, it's a good sign. Trying to get uh, Quinn Hughes. <laughs> We'll trade, trade you, you Phillips, trade you Phillips, Adina. Yeah. <laughs> we'll trade you number six for number seven. Yeah, exactly. Word it like that. No, I don't want to trade Phillips, Adina. I still think he has so much potential and it's still so way too early. But anyway, back to like hockey talking. Yeah, the Vancouver stuff. Um, I, I was going to bring up American Friedman again, but I don't remember exactly what they were saying pertaining to this. The names being thrown out, like Claude Julian. Um, Scott Mellenby now he's rumored to be a GM now. Oh, it's right, just yeah. so much stuff going on. Um, was it Scott Mellenby? Wasn't there something that came out about Scott Mellenby? Uh, he has offered or he has promised the job in Montreal. So it's too. a perfect segue because that's where I was going to go next. Okay. Yes. So years ago he was because pro- when Bergevin was first on the hot seat like 2018, when they ended up picking Kakanyami like third overall, but like it was the season they sucked that season. They ended up at the third overall pick. Um, it was rumored that Mellenby, who was the assistant GM, he was promised the position by uh, Molson, and right. he was let he was let known on Friday that he wasn't going to be the guy because Bergeron was all all but known that Bergeron was going to be gone after the year, right. and then Mellenby got <laughs> Mellenby got pissed and he's like, "No, nah, I'm done." Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Montreal full sale changes fired all of their staff and this comes after them six months ago picking a sex offender yeah which is crazy i i they were allowed to make that pick and then there's also yeah whatever how many we were 24 technically 24 games after the Stanley Cup final put that yeah. in perspective that's even crazier right i'm not crazier i shouldn't say sex offense over a literal game i shouldn't say that's I shouldn't be weighing those two options. Obviously, the right. sex offense is a lot worse. Um, excuse me for talking like that. Um, yeah, Montreal. That's another train wreck. They actually won the game the night before, before they made all these moves. Well, yeah. they're currently losing to Vancouver, so that's not a great oh, Battle of the Tire Fires. I love yeah. that. There we go. Painful. 
I love that. Um, yeah, Montreal. I I knew they weren't going to make the playoffs this year when I did when I, we did our Atlantic projections. I did. I had Detroit at six, and I think I. I no offense, I had Buffalo at eight. I had no. You know, the rebuild was over in Ottawa, so I had to go over. I had to put them at seven. So it's back on. So, well, the the rebuild is back in Ottawa. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I had Montreal. I had, I had Montreal at five, and I'm like, they're still gonna be better than Detroit. I, I still think they're gonna be stiffing like ninety points, but they're just not gonna make. They're not gonna make it. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, losing Price too didn't help. And, and Shea Weber. Weber. Yeah. yeah, two Price, cornerstones. Price was. Uh, skating, Ed, I mean, was literally. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was literally skating. Yeah, no gear. Uh, Edmondson was also out at someone because he lost his dad, so yeah. he missed like ten games, I think. Which obviously you can't really you know, obviously it's different like that's a different situation but um, it wasn't producing but a lot of this like their heart and soul guys were just ripped out of the lineup oh yeah Philip Deneau that's a big one yeah that's huge they regret that move big time now that's resigning Philip Deneau Suzuki yeah. Suzuki's been asked to do everything way too much mm-hmm. and Christian Dvorak like he's he's starting to be better of late but again. He was asked to do too much as well. He was expected to be way too much, which is unfair yeah. of him. Right. Agreed. Um, and then you have Josh Anderson, who I think at, at times is like a first-line winger and like looks very good. And then other times I have no idea if he's even on the ice or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, you cut, out, you, you cut out there. Sorry. But, oh, I uh, did? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear me? Uh, I got the just like Josh Anderson's had like spurts of where you notice him, and there's other times you don't even know if he's on the ice. Yeah, basically. he's like he's almost a uh, like a Walmart version of Johan Franzen. Wait, what do you say? Yeah, Eden, I'm, I'm, the Wi-Fi. Yeah, there you go. Eden's streaming a lot. Yeah, Eden's he's watching he's watching YouTube. Mason Appleton has two goals tonight. I haven't looked at any of the scores. It is seven four Seattle. Oh my god, what a barn burner! Uh, what, Appleton. Up, yeah. Does Jordan Eberle have any goals? I hope not. I don't think so. Good. Not a first that tonight. That's that's one guy I think the Islanders are missing big time this year because they're not getting any offense right now. Yeah. Before we go to the Islanders, I was I wanted to finish my point about. I want to finish my point about. Um, Josh Anderson, but he's literally Johan Walmart version Johan Franzen. The way okay. they like the, the way he goes like on his high streaks and his low streaks, it reminds me exactly of Johan Franzen. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I agree. We'll get into big, the big uh, time playoff player too. Like when it comes huge, gets yeah. to the playoffs, yeah, yeah. I can. That's actually a good comparison. Yeah, I like thank that. you. I like that Except Franzen was way better in the playoffs, but yeah, his four well, his four goal game in, uh, against Anaheim. against Colorado. <laughs> Colorado, right? Yeah, Jose, yeah, Jose, Jose Theodore. Yeah, and then he also what had like a was a hat trick game against Anaheim, game seven overtime something or something, like that, or, something or, like that. or or he scored like two uh, overtime winning game winning goals or something like that. He was a monster. He was a monster in like the 20, 2008 playoffs. He was a man on a mission. Yeah, thanks, Babcock. Thanks, Babcock's right. Um, we'll get into the Ryan Fuke portion of the show. The New York Islanders. Um. Yeah, we can get into like what they're missing and stuff right now. But like, first off, that COVID situation. Yeah. Ryan Ryan Fugue, he was very animated about the Islanders not getting games postponed earlier. 
You could say now that. They, yeah, you could say that. Um, I completely agree too. I also yes. like it was it was very similar to the Ottawa situation where they like they waited and waited and it was very obvious that it needed to be canceled, and they like did it in the worst time. Mm-hmm. And I understand. I think the Ottawa situation at least was I think it was something to do with travel as well because they had a couple West Coast teams coming in. And it's a lot harder to reschedule those games versus the Eastern the Eastern Conference teams. And so I guess there was so, some. That... Even so, I think they pulled the plug earlier in the Ottawa situation than they did with the Islanders. I think so too. I was just trying to like put some context, I guess, but it, was, it reminded me of that situation. Right. I, I I understand that. I'm just saying, like with that West, with that like West Coast, um, those West Coast teams coming in. They still pulled the plug earlier on the Ottawa Senators situation than they did with the Islanders, I think. Am I like from what it seems yeah. like? Anyways. No, I think I, I I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and I definitely it should have been done way earlier. And the Islanders, it sucked that the Islanders opened their building and they're missing like six of their key guys. Right. And I know like Jeff, like uh, American Friedman have like thrown out like they they thought maybe like the the number that they didn't want to say because obviously if you throw a number out there, people are going to know, but. They thought maybe it was like 10 or something like that, like 10 players. And like, maybe that's the case. Like, I don't know. Um, but I guess like, it just depends. Yeah. Team to team, but unfortunately, I think it should, they should have been canceled a lot earlier, obviously. Um, in the, you look at the Islanders season now and it's, it's the numbers aren't good for them to make the playoffs. No. no. And you look at, you look at the guys. I know Barzell's had a pretty down year this year so far. I don't know his numbers off the time I had, but I'm pretty sure Not he's good. he's he's like, roaming around like a half a point a game. Yeah, he has. I'm in fantasy. I think it's like four goals, four assists in 17 games, something like that. Yes, following that though, that's not great. I know Brock Nelson was leading their team in points, and he's now on the COVID list, which is unfortunate. Okay. Um, but again, I think part of it also like I'm going to take away the co- I'm gonna, I'm going to look at the team as if. I'm going to take out the COVID situation for a second. Um, but the guys are underperforming. It's, I, I mean, also this has to do with two back-to-back very long playoff runs. Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals twice. Um, I, again, Andy, you hinted at it. I think they're missing the, the Jordan Eberle and the Nick Lettys of the world, where it yeah. takes off a lot of the pressure off those big guys. And those, those guys get you through the regular season. Well, yeah, Eberle, I mean, He's having himself a season in Seattle right now. I don't think he would be maybe as hot with the way that the Islanders play, but he's still a secondary scoring option, right? So, and, and the biggest could, issue he Go could ahead. he has enough skill, like what he's kind of doing in Seattle, where he's like a one B scoring option type of deal if you really need him to be, right? Like he has that potential to step up, right? In my opinion. No, I, I get the yeah, I get that completely. And he's been more so if you look back, like he was he was he really helped Barzell in that sense. Like they were both very it was a very good duo. Um when you look at the Islanders now, their biggest hole I think is on defense. Especially the COVID without, you know, uh you you were out like Pulak got hurt, I think. And then yeah. it was um Pellick that got put on the list, right? Yeah. That's just a Probably. huge like those are two not even the best defensemen on the team, but like they're the two best two like the top like the top one of the top pairings in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Pelican Pulak. Yeah, like if you look at individually, I don't know if they're like they make lists like individual wise, you know what I mean? But if you, them as a pair, 
I look right. at it more that way. Um, yep. I do. I still. I stand by that. Adam Pellick should be on the Canadian Olympic team, but that's. Yeah, I. I agree with that. I, it looks hard now with the Islander season and picking. I think the same thing affects. Um, who's I said? Yeah, Chikrin. Obviously, that affects Chikrin. At this point, when you match up season to season, right. Um, also, the same thing with uh, Thatcher Demko and the Team USA. I think that that killed his chances a little bit too. Like you look at Jack Campbell, like how can you not take Jack Campbell? Right. Well, I was watching um, was it NHL Network today, and they're talking about Jack Campbell, and they said uh, right now, if the season were to end right now, he'd be your Vesna candidate right now, like your number one Vesna candidate. And I kind of agree with that. Him or just Jerkin. Yeah, those two would be like one, one and two, either yeah. which way. However which, however which way you want to put them, right? Whichever way you rank them. Which I agree. Like, Campbell's having a hell of a year in Toronto. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, Demko's <laughs> getting hurt in Vancouver. Yeah. So. And I, I'd even argue to throw Nadalkovich over Demko in the conversation at right. this point. I don't think, yeah. think Nadalkovich goes over Campbell. Like, I think it should be – I think it's, the three is set, in my opinion. It should be Gibson, Hellebuck, and Campbell. Yeah, that's – I don't know how you – I don't know how you feel about that, Carson. I I like that group. Who's had a goalie who's had a sneaky season this year is quick. Just for oh, American true. Goalies. Like I didn't even think about that. He's been the backbone of the program forever now, and he's kind of come alive again. So I don't know if they just take him just to have there since he's been there, done that. I don't know if they that chop out of the rest. Right, and you really made a really good segue, in my opinion, for that with quick because I have a thing I want to. I want a couple things. So first, I want to talk about the Olympic jerseys. I just remember we didn't talk about that. Um, Gross. Us is the uh, us is that we'll go with U.S. first. Us is the the main resident you United you know, United States residents at this point. You don't want to from Canada. I, I haven't gotten my residency from Canada yet. <laughs> it's we're on it. Okay, honorary, so I can comment on those too. Um, <laughs> I thought the U.S. jerseys were fine. They were whatever. Actually, eh, no. The third one really made the whole kit awful. That There's third two jersey of them was... are irrelevant. Two of them are irrelevant because they're almost the same. They're just in different mm-hmm. shades. I hate the different shades of blue. That's what that's what turns me off of off of it. Agreed. It's there's three different shades of blue in there, and also the gloves being all blue is yeah asinine to me. Yeah. Also, I don't know if this made it worse, but like the model size for the jerseys looks super thin, which I think just made it look like a soccer jersey. Which and they they look like soccer kits. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what a lot of the like even like the last couple of World Juniors jerseys they like the style of them they look like they're soccer jerseys like soccer uniforms too. Yeah, so just I, I just don't I just don't understand like we look back to 2010 both for Canada and the U.S. Why can't they be those jerseys? Yeah. Why can't why doesn't USA go back to the 1980? Those are the best jerseys in my opinion. Like those, I agree. The miracle. Those are the okay. best with the red pants. And like you know, you look, at the, um, you look at the World Junior jerseys last year. Yeah, yeah, those are clean. They went with what red buckets in one game too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Yeah, me red buckets. And then uh, can't like yeah. Sorry, we'll stay on the USA. I got my opinion on Canada. No, 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 no. I'm done with the US. Let's go to Canada. Okay, so Canada. Fucking, I don't know why. They could do some something so much better instead of just wearing black 
helmets, gloves, and pants, in my opinion. Red and white would be cool. The <laughs> so much better, I, I find, in my opinion. I, black's just boring. Black's not on your flag. It's not. I know. It's completely. I completely agree. Also, the 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 leaf is not what it has been ever. No, that's a joke. I think Canada's it, are worse than the U.S. The U.S. I don't like Canada's. I think the only jersey I kind of like out of Canada's is their is their white ones. Yep. Um, yep. The red ones I, I'm not a fan of, and then the black ones with the red like I don't know like red and white are your nation's colors. You should just wear red and white. You shouldn't right. have a color that's not on your flag in your uniform. Exactly. And that's been my like growing up watching World Juniors. Like I like World Juniors in Canada is like the biggest tournament for every little kid ever. Boxing. That's Boxing Day, baby. Exactly. You know. So, and I've always said this is like, why, why have they worn black helmets, black gloves, and black pants if it's not on the flag? And that to me is is insane. Then they come out with a black jersey in the fourteen Olympics. Yep. Which those were kind of nice. Like those jerseys were nice. I get it. But I still don't like. You don't need a third jersey for your country if the color scheme doesn't follow your nation's colors. Like, Carson, you just sent me like like, the the mock jerseys. Those would be so much better. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they're all kind of throwbacks, but there's a reason they're good. Andy, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send them to you quick. Yeah, what's it on? Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'll just send it to you over over the group because i don't know i i haven't texted you in a while so grant's gonna get them too lol um yeah just look at those quick i love those especially for the u.s the canada ones i'm less crazy about i I like the canada like it's just a nice little little throw back to me yeah andy i will give you'll get andy's opinion on them that's the let's let's load in here we're loading here okay and they got nice little thirds too yeah again i'm not a huge fan of the black third but the Chinese jerseys are pretty fun. Those are kind of fun. <laughs> Holy shit. They're not loading still? <laughs> no, they're not loading. <laughs> All right, I'll try. To, we'll wait until Andy gets to this loading and we'll, we'll carry on. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Off of, oh, yeah. The New Jersey jersey. The oh. third. We, the Jersey jersey. Jersey jersey. Oh, those are Our comically smoke. awful. I think it might be a gritty situation. Like it's so bad, it's good. I yeah, that's what I saw. A lot of people like people of Jersey will just for. love it because it's theirs and it's, it's awful. Just a meme. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just a meme. So I, I guess in that sense, like they can have their own thing. It's it looks basically looks like they copy and pasted the Black Hawk, the Blackhawks uh, Winter Classic jersey from Moon and Wolves jersey. I don't want to talk about that jersey. I don't want to talk. That was the tightest jersey, and it. See, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> That was awful. Um, yeah, they they played in with a joke though because they like released the merch and said hat. Yeah, hat, yeah. Uh, love love that sock or whatever shirt. And then they had Dougie Hamilton. You, you gotta love Dougie Hamilton, but yeah, that the jersey is the worst out of the three we're talking about here. Yeah, um, Andy, did you get those to load? No, <laughs> <laughs> this, this link's not loading for me. Forget it. Forget it. Um, we'll go back to I. I wanted to talk, the third thing I, or the second thing I want to talk about that reminded me of Jonathan Quick 
his comments about the Brady Kachuk, Brendan Lemieux situation is so asinine. The yeah. the biggest quote that it wasn't even about the incident. The, the biggest thing is like I I take Brendan Lemieux over Brady Kachuk any day of the week. Yeah. In what world? In what yeah. world? <laughs> so for you those have, who don't, you'd have to pay me fifty million dollars a year every year for the rest of my life to take Brendan Lemieux over Brady Kachuk. And for people that don't know the context here, so it was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last night. Oh, um, yeah. or I should say Sunday night. People are probably listening. To, people listen to this on Tuesday. Um, Brady Kachuk and Brendan Lemieux get in a fight, and they wrestle each other to the ground. And Brendan Lemieux decides to take a bite out of Brady Kachuk's hand and draws blood. And it was kind of unnoticed at first, and then Brady Kachuk's literally yelling in the penalty box that he got bit. And he's literally bleeding. You know, just and just the fact that it's just so disgusting. Like the human mouth is like one of the most disgusting places ever. Especially you know, have a it, hockey glove hand in your fucking mouth too. Like. <laughs> well, there's the thing. There's the old saying: is like the dog, a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. Yeah, and it's just, oh, just think how disgusting that is. And obviously, so Brendan Lemieux got an in-person hearing, which means he could be suspended five or more games, and he should get ten games for this. Yep, Bad. I stand pretty. That's disgusting. That's worse than Marshan licking someone. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's so much worse. Yes. Like, yeah. you do blood, like you know how hard it to bite someone's hand to like draw blood. That's what Literally, I was thinking. The, the just the that alone, like on any suspension ever, like they always say, like the intent to injure is there. Well, that's an intent to fucking injure. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you break skin. Like you're biting on. You're just gnawing on this guy's hand, man. Like, also, weird spotty bit him too. It wasn't like a finger, like the palm of his hand. I think that's yeah, that's thick. It's like, like right yeah. under the right under the yeah. thumb there. That's a that's a meaty spot of your hand. More, yeah. That's not more impressive. I, honestly, yeah, maybe maybe we we're looking at this the wrong way. I think we should probably be praising Lemieux for what he did. <laughs> kind of breaking what we thought was possible for the human body. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of cool for the cannibalism community that he comes out and shows there's so much support. You got first star of the week <laughs> uh, for the Cannibal League. <laughs> the CHL. Um, but the comments quick made or well, first of all, I'll go to Brady's comments after he was obviously livid and he let him have it. How Brendan Lemieux is a loser and nobody, no, nobody wants to be his teammate. I thought that was hilarious and also completely warranted. And I've also heard the same things. It's also ironic because they grew up knowing each other, they're friends. Really, I didn't they know that. Play, well, their, their dads played in Arizona together, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right, their right. dads played like, like they like they grew up around the rinks together, anyways. Like at some point. Also, shouldn't be you know weird. Uh, Lemieux doing some dirty shit. Yeah, especially with Red Wing fans. We know we know about Claude. His his piece, father. Yeah, his father. That piece of garbage. And his agent uh, too. And his agent. That's right. Yeah, that loser gets rep by his own dad. No wonder he can't get a good deal. Fucking nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and then Jonathan Quick was like, "Yeah, I'll take, I'll take him. I'll take Pepe any day." Like Pepe's Brendan the Muse nickname, and also was Claude's nickname. I'll take him over Brady any day of the week. And also, I have my own opinions. And what what opinions do you have on this other than your teammate literally tried to bite Brady Kachuk's hand off? Yeah, I have my I have my opinions on what may have or may not have happened last night. The guy fucking bit his hand. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> what, what what opinion can you have on that other than? He's an idiot. Yeah, there's no, there's no really like, there's no fence sitting here. 
this is a hard stance that this is it. Are you pro biting or anti biting? Are you pro cannibalism or are you anti cannibalism? You know, if they force mouth guards in the league, that wouldn't have happened. That's true. That's you know, true. Higher safety dropped the ball there. Yeah. George, actually, well, I mean, there is a hearing and you'll definitely get dinged for, I think it's going to be a shit ton of money. It's probably gonna be a shit ton of money and it's going to be. Probably the max under the CBA is probably like 200 bucks. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, he covered George's uh he covered George for dinner. <laughs> buy some uh, yeah, violent gentleman gear and you're good. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to you have to go on Violet Gentleman and you have to buy some of George George's merchandise. And buy apps. Not I talked about, I, I talked to, I talked about this a while ago, Carson, but like the the irony of George Paros owning a clothing brand, Violent Gentleman, and also being the, the leader of the Department of Player Safety is Yeah, I feel like that shouldn't be a thing. Oh, the irony is not past me, my friend. Yeah. It is comical. Like the NHL is just such a it's just a new thing every week, really is whatever I will I will say, sorry. Jumping on the band. I mean, though, like he started that to raise with his mustache for Movember. He started the company on like raising money for Movember. Yeah, no, I'm just making fun of it at this point. But... Yeah, I know. So like like the cause behind the, the company is a good idea. It's a good thing, but it's just the irony of it, everything else behind it i agree it's like me um, yeah junior hockey can't just really shit on it so. yeah and to kind of like wrap this up i want to go back to we'll preview boston a little bit but there was i um carson can dig into this a little bit too I'll, i want his opinion on this but uh i missed this and i should i i'm pissed i missed this earlier but uh so it came out today by chris johnston that lucas raymond wasn't on the wasn't on the 55 man roster and Sweden basically is reaction and now to the beginning of the season is like, oh, we want to redo. Yeah. That is I so wanna, funny. I want to look at the list and like what guys they thought were better than Raymond before the season. Yeah, well, it wasn't even before the season. It was um the list was due like half it was due like three weeks ago. So like Raymond was already pretty Bad. like he was having a pretty good start at that point. So that's why I'm I'm curious that I'm I'm wondering right. why they didn't throw him on the list way earlier. Especially because of the Olympics, like you get four years so why not get the guy some experience like also 55 names yeah what <laughs> that's crazy we went through uh, what do we say in the group text the other night we went through like maybe 10 names total and raymond was in them it was in right. those 10 players well, i was going through forwards i was like zabana jad landon <laughs> patterson um elias lindholm yeah. other than oh william nylander right yes yeah and then other than had, that, I can't. I'm struggling to think of any other forwards that should be ahead of him. I'm trying to read this article um, in Swedish right now. Did you say Forsberg? Oh, Phil Forsberg. Yeah, he should yeah. be ahead of him. You're right. Oh yeah, good call. Well, like just, just in in that in that group, just like that we're thinking of. Right. Yeah. Those guys would all comfortably make it before him, and then afterwards, who knows? Right. Like he should definitely should have been on the list to begin with, and. The way that Sweden's pushing for this now, I think they would picture him on the on the team. Yeah, I think it's really funny. I don't know if I like. I don't know what kind of rules been set here. Like, I don't know if he ends up getting in. I know like a lot of people are taking it as a positive, which I agree it's a positive, but like also it's kind of like it's kind of funny. I I I don't think they'll revert back because like this is a pretty set rule that the fifty five list needed to be in by this date. So I don't think Raymond's gonna play. If I were to be a betting man, you're keeping right. a secret still. Be good. What? You're keeping it a secret. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, also, I, I mean, also, I don't think it's ultimately it's not going to matter because the uh, because the the NHL is not going to go to the Olympics. That's my that's my opinion at this point, and I don't really care. Yeah, Devin Levi starting goalie for Canada. Uh, so. Simon Edvinson, number one defenseman for Sweden. Let's go. Where's Kosa from? Canada. Canada. Oh shit! But he's technically he's technically under an NHL contract, so I don't think he can go. A nerd. Uh. I think he could, because he could. He slid, yeah. I'm pretty sure he slid, so he can go. Well, I know he slid, but technically he's under contract. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I think you might be right, but I, th- I anyway. think it'd be. I think it'd still be like Detroit's say, but they could let him go. And I think because AHL might... players can go. Right. Well, you think about it, the last Olympics. Darlene was playing in the last yeah. Olympics. Crazy. Um, Troy Terry was playing in the last Olympics. I was saying, like, I'm trying to think. Young Donato. He played in the yep. Olympics too. I it's got a crazy. Fun stat. What's that? The uh, the Coyotes won tonight, won nothing, and the shots were forty six fifteen for Winnipeg. Absurd. Guess who scored Ooh, for Arizona? Uh, Louis Erickson. Close. He had the assist. Anton Roussel. I was nice. gonna say. I was gonna say. Hey, another Vancouver guy. <laughs> um, I want. Was uh, Yeah, I I forgot to start Mark Shifley in fantasy today. And like I remembered because I was doing homework, and I remembered at like seven thirty one, so he was locked. And I'm like, they're playing Arizona. I'm like, shit, he's gonna have two goals. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Not awesome. Least... Not awesome that I'm probably losing a fantasy currently, but like awesome that I didn't miss out because I forgot to put in Eberly and Shifley. Oh, I'm playing. But like, they, they got zero points each. So good, good stuff for me, I guess. Um, again with Red Wings playing in Boston, I think Allmark was announced as the starter. Boston just has weird lines right now. And they're kind of like, it seems like they're kind of middling right now, and it's not good for them. Well, like they have the, the one thing we also I, I also forgot to mention earlier. I'm pretty sure you saw it too, but DeBrusque just asked for a trade today too. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, yeah. that'd be a great pickup for either Detroit or Buffalo. Carson, what De do you think? For what? DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque. I, I want to see him play somewhere fun, like. Get him out of Boston, just somewhere. Right. I, I'd love him in Detroit because right now, if, yeah, if I think if we're so set on Zadina getting off that line, Jake DeBrusque on that second line would make it a lot more fun. I can so see him in Detroit. Yeah, maybe the kind of guy Stevie like, would pick up. Jacob Vrana vibes. Yeah, no, no. It's, I was talking to Grant about this because Grant called me. He's not. He wasn't feeling great, so that's why he's not on. Uh, he was talking about how I, I. He said he wasn't crazy about it, but I'm like. I'm like, this is the kind of guy like either he's going to pop or not. And it's kind of like a swing a little bit, but he reminds me a lot of Andreas Athanasiu where when Athanasiu was hot, he was hot, but when he was cold, he was cold. But I think DeBrusque is better defensively, but, um, and the speed, obviously he's Athanasiu is faster because Athanasiu is like one of the fastest players in the league. Right. Um, but again, DeBrusque had he had 27 goals, I think like two or three years ago. Yeah, he's still he, he's still very young, or not very young, but he's like twenty four at this point, twenty three, twenty four. What did you give up for DeBrusque? Mid round pick and a, probably a mid level prospect. His value is so low at this point, like because yeah. the rumors have been around for forever, and now the fact that it's public and he's been scratched a couple games, that's probably what the price is going to be. Well, especially what lowered the bar for them is they're talking about trade him in last year's deadline. Right, like, like so. I would think, I would think probably max like would be the value of a second round pick, like probably not a second round pick, but would it add up to that value? Right, like like uh, 
like a maybe a third and like a C grade prospect or that's what I'm fourth, saying. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Or yeah, or fourth and a B grade prospect. I don't know if I'm off my rocker on that, Carson. Like, does that sound fair? Yeah, I mean, just for how things are, like why we, like Boston has no leverage. Right. Like they gotta take what they can for them because it's just exactly it's like the Eichel situation. Yeah. A, a team that kind of popped in my head for Debrusque, it just kind of happened thinking about it would be um I don't know why, but Edmonton popped in my head. Well, Edmonton, his dad played there, and also the rumor was there like it's been the past two years he's gonna go to Edmonton. Right. Just, I think that ship just, I think that ship has sailed personally. Yeah, I I just I think he'd find success there playing with like nude or something like that. Like well, they have Zach Cassian on that first line now because they sent out they put Pooley Arvey on the third. Right. So like you 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 insert a player like that who also like he's another guy kind of like we're talking about Josh Anderson. Come playoff time, he could be a menace out there. He is right. like maybe maybe not like as offensive as Josh Anderson. Anderson was in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. to make things happen, at least the rest right. showed that he can play and he that's it elevates his game come playoffs, which everyone should, but you know. I think a team like Colorado <laughs> yeah, Edmonton, makes, I think Colorado makes the most sense. That's that's actually a good one too, yeah. They have Colorado be they have cap space and he's only I think he's only signed for like another year or two. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. True. They do have the cap space because he's at what four almost, just under four. Three six, I think he is. Yeah. Okay. So three and a half. Okay. So yeah, I think Colorado would be the best fit, and also like they can afford it, and it would be the best for them because it would seriously improve like their middle six. Yeah. Um. But again, obviously, I'd love the Red Wings to take a swing on him, but you know, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. It'd be pretty funny. It'd be convenient. We trade him for him after the game. He hops on the jet back home with us. Yeah. Just, just stays. Yeah. Just changes locker rooms and. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously. Um. I think that's going to do it. Uh, Carson, thank you again for filling in for Grant and coming it's on again. Been an honor being here. I mean, I'm sure everyone misses Grant. He's, you know, the best part of the show, but All right. Right. Our, our, our main host isn't, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but I think we're just going to, we're just going to tally up Carson for the next episode when the Red Wings play Buffalo. Cause yeah. I mean, I ended up asking, I, I wasn't, I literally, I, I didn't know what I was going to, I I felt weird because I'm like we just talked we just had Carson on a month ago, but like also, also it's just great because we just talked about random hockey stuff for the past hour. What can yeah. I say? People love me. Yeah, the people the people loved you. I mean that was it the best performing. That was a, that was the best performing episode when you were on last time. So hopefully we can repeat that. Uh, yeah, I got my mom hey. to listen to it, so maybe we can get to. <laughs> hey Car- Carson, just I just want to clarify. I asked, I love I love her. I cl- I asked a couple days ago if Garth was going to ask you to come back on. I'm, I'm glad and he, he he rejected me at first. He said, "I don't know about this yet." Wow, <laughs> I said I, I just didn't I didn't know because like we had, we had enough to talk about at that point, and I was like, eh, Car- like Carson could come on. Like I I just didn't ask him because I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, I'm glad yeah. I did, and it was a lot of fun. So yes, we're just gonna we're just gonna tie you up for next episode when the, the Red Wings play Buffalo or next week. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna try. To have, I'm gonna try to have a few gone. That's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna try. To that do. would be a blast. He's a hard he's a hard man to find, but we'll try. It's a yeah. hard man to get a hold of. But uh, this will do it for uh, this episode of the Production Line podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, subscribe, follow us on all socials and podcast uh, listening sites. And uh, thank you.